one with the dulcet tones of um i forget the uh what's it called the the ensemble choir with the votox there from uh our, our one of our contributors uh that introduces uh sonic's talk number 377 i was trying to think of some sort of number in my i i, I had a thought that there was a revox b377 but it was a, a b77 so it didn't quite work so close but not no cigar. Anyway, welcome to everybody. Uh, f- uh, if you've not seen us before, we're streaming live on YouTube. If you haven't seen us on YouTube before, subscribe, and then you will get information about uh, about the show coming along into your inbox, and you won't have to just check back every day. So uh, please do subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And also want to say thank you to Isotope, who of course sponsor the show. We have a winner of RX4 and also a new competition to set. So uh, please stay tuned, and you will enjoy that possibility as well so uh let's go to some guests we'll start with uh, mr dave robinson editor of prosoundnewseurope.com looking like he's working in telesales today thank you very much how's <laughs> how is that going they got you working hard any spare uh, moment sorry. sorry caller can i just uh have you have you thought about your ppi claim <laughs> you have no idea how many ppi insurance claims i get this is probably a very U- uk centric joke uh, in fact um for ppi it's a uh, payment protection insurance that was missold on an international on a national level and the the government fined everybody so now there are all these agencies trying to ring you up uh, mobile phones and it's like cold calling and in fact the other day I'm, uh, this is a totally unrelated story the other day i said yes i would like you to call me back because they they ring you up but it's a machine so i said yes and then i spoke to the guy and said look i thought i'd just say yes so i could talk to a human being and say can you just bloody well stop ringing me because i've had enough and he said yeah i totally understand and he said to be honest mate um i work in the industry and i still get five or six calls a day myself i haven't figured out a way to stop them either <laughs> I won't say. yeah anyway dave robinson how is life uh, up there in the big city working on international publications going uh, to all the parties well we actually had our own uh, awards night last week ah. which uh, was very exciting. Can you see my synthesizer there? I, just, no, you're going the wrong way. There you go. The cool. Oh, there we go. There we go. It's just the 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 coog. The coog. Um, yeah, we had our own awards uh, event at the Ministry of Sound last week. Oh, and, what did we win? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> nothing, maybe next year. Nothing. <laughs> maybe next year. Uh, but we we recognise um, the various uh, sectors: uh, broadcast and inst- installed sound, and recorded sound, and live sound. But this year we had a panel of um, we had a panel of producers. We we did like a Q and A, like a Parkinson uh, thing. Um, I don't know what the equivalent would be in the states, but um, Robinson. You know, we, we yeah <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, it was Phil Ward who uh, oh, okay. who's known to some people. Yeah, Phil Ward hosted it, and we had Andre Jacquemin, who's the Monty Python producer, came up and and talked about his experiences working with Python and, and David Hasselhoff and all kinds of stuff. And then Ben Hillier, who of course worked with uh, the la- well, worked on the last couple of Depeche Mode albums, mm-hmm. and then Stephen Street, who um, yeah, who who worked on the first uh, uh, Smiths album um, and, thirty years ago this year, and many many others of note as well, and yeah, Blur and all kinds of stuff. So they all they all kind of sh- showed their um, they all they all um, shared their thoughts of uh, the industry, and then um, I hosted a panel of live sound engineers. Including John Burton, who's front of house uh, live sound for the Prodigy. Wow, and, that's a challenging uh, job, called, I'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And a guy called Chicky Reeves, who was um, front of house for Prince wow. earlier this year, and he was uh, he was shadowing the uh, the original front of house guy. And then uh, halfway through the tour, when they got to Leeds, um, Prince sacked <laughs> the original guy. So. So uh, Chicky uh, had to stick, had to uh, step into the breach, and then immediately uh, was assigned somebody, somebody to shadow him, just in case he got sacked. Wow! So he, that tells you a lot that, about the way uh, that works. Yeah, he said it was it was an uh, it was an honour to be doing front of house for um, for Prince, but he would never do it again. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. pressure. The pressure. Well, anyway, Dave. Absolutely. Th- I hope you made it home all right, because a big night like that could result in all sorts of shenanigans till the early hours. But you're looking well, so thank you for yeah, joining well, thank us. You. <laughs> well, thank you for. It's been a while since I've been here, so it's nice to uh, nice to be back. It certainly has. But yes, nice to have you back too. And there we have Mark Tinley, who's there, uh, sound artist and creative thinker, uh, who's there. In in uh, sunny Glastonbury. 
nice to have you back, Mark. I, I'm sorry that because we had uh, we, you were scheduled to come on uh, last week or the week before, and it uh, it didn't work out. And I didn't see that you were there, kind of rapping on the window. You had a major Skype crash, but it's nice to see you. You well? Skype, uh, yeah. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, Skype, Skype. Um, it was one of those, you know, like five minutes before the show. Click on Skype icon opens it up and it says it was updating yeah. me or something and like 35 minutes later i was ready you know <laughs> and you were already half an hour into the show oh so. i'm sorry i think it was the maybe it was the uh, tara bush episode but uh, it was, yeah. actually la- i think it was last week we had andy shillito on who does uh, front house live sound front house and that was a very interesting thing sort of related to what you were talking about dave so so yeah, yeah. um Gaz Williams, who's there in Bristol, co-host of Sonic Touch and uh, Cubase Impresario. You may have seen that we've just posted the first of a series of videos on Cubase 7.5, which Gaz shows you how to use uh, tempo detection to uh, free yourself from the tyranny of the grid. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a essential viewing. I think if yeah, people it's haven't very seen interesting. That, it, oh, yeah, you're about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> But it's oh, true. Oh, no, it is, though. It, it is. is. It's very Most good. Most of the stuff we do is rubbish, but that's essential <laughs> viewing. Yeah, don't watch that. Watch this. Uh, don't watch this. Watch that. That's what I meant to say, but it came out wrong, as usual. Anyway, guys, <laughs> glad to have you aboard. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Let's get straight in, then. Um, now, let me see. First topics. I'm just going to switch on this, the uh, the player on the front page so we get a little bit of a bump there. So, um, yeah, this one's amazing. Uh, I think I pressed this button, if I remember. Yes, there we go. Score Music Interactive proudly presents Exhale, an interactive production music generator, and what the industry are calling the future for production music publishing. Interesting. This is what follows on from our uh, artificial intelligence uh, discussion from last week. And, well. Exhale's interface. Here we see a brief window, and by typing in a word relevant to our project, we can immediately generate a unique and new piece of music. I can't see what that says, but presumably it's something really pertinent. Never existed before. Happy. Thank you. Generating for the very first time in Exhale. And you can see there's many stems involved. These are instrument performances. This is a very interesting thing. What this does is basically create music on the fly from uh, input from other musicians, whether it be instrumental, to, to certain briefs, and then creates a sort of specifically new composition using the the bits that you send in and then th- that you specify with keywords or whatever, tempo, you know, the mood, that kind of stuff. Let's suppose we need music for a crime series. So here we go. And, but also you could say, I don't like the guitar and it will swap out the guitar, generate a new piece or what have you. But what's really interesting about this is you can also put hit points in. And I think later on in the video, if I could just fast forward it, we'll start to see... Here we go. Fast playing bell. I want to replace that with a slower. This is a bit more detail. Just regenerated the bell track, and the bells are playing at a slower pace, and I prefer that. This is where it gets very interesting. So now we can sculpt out the. You can actually sort of thin out various parts of the track. Now, if I fast forward it a bit, there's also the ability to add these kind of hit points. So they want stuff to happen there, not just the music bed. This is very cool. So I've just dropped in a brass stinger and I've dropped it in exactly where the cannon comes out of the wizard's chest in the films. T- and so on and so forth. It is unique to this project. So, those are the musical things that have happened. And so on and so forth. And we were kind of, uh, I sent this out as a link to the participants of last week's uh, panel. Uh, Rich Hilton was kind of, I don't really want stuff to do things like that for me. But I think even he was very impressed with the sort of musicality and the side of it. And I started to read up a little bit about it. What's very interesting about this is it's, the idea is it's an organisational umbrella for library music. So composers who join the Exhale, or it's actually called, they're called uh, Score Music Interactive Organisation, will submit pieces of audio, performances, compositions to, to specific briefs, those keywords, into a template that are then kind of uh, brought together in that interface and used to create a unique piece of music which then has its own fingerprint. And once it's created, it can no longer be re-licensed. Then the person who's creating the music goes, yeah, I'll have that for my library track. 
they pay for it. The musicians get fifty percent of the sync prior, uh, and also the uh, the publishing. And it just seems like wow, that is. I, mean, I didn't know that aspect of it, but it's a very neat idea. I know. Um, we'll start with you, Dave, because uh, we haven't heard from you for so long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want you to make up for time. It's a very interesting notion. I mean, we know quite a lot of people, probably mutually, who do a lot of library music. Uh, I guess this could be just another outlet, but it's very smart technology on the face of it, obviously. It's, it's impossible to know without trying it. Yeah, I, I guess from uh, when I looked at the video, and, and they, the first thing he types in is, is that happy. Uh, and that, that first track is supposed to describe happy. I think that's a particularly bad example because uh, yeah, when, it, when he types in crime, and you get something that just sound like it could be a, a you know Ian Rankin soundtrack or sort of standard um, BBC drama kind of thing, um, and it's a, it is a nice idea. I mean, there, there have been uh, that composition programs like this before, but as, as long as everything doesn't sound like that generic, um, I mean, I mean, the, the the well, how can I put it? That sounded very sort of Disney, didn't it? Yes. That uh, that music sounded that the, the wizard thing sounded very Disney, and and then the it's going to sound generic in a way because I guess there's only so many it's it, it, the algorithms the input it's it, it's using it can only use certain facets of that um, yeah it will be interesting to see if this does catch on and it does work but in, in whether there is uh, if it does work as well as it sounds that there is a backlash against it from from composers um, but also whether the music it produces just becomes too kind of, oh, it's that again, it's that sort of generic exhale thing. Well, I suppose... In the same way as, you know, a Band in the Box used to do that auto auto accompaniment software, which ultimately is only is relying only on a certain number of styles. Mm. But it does sound, it does sound very exciting. Though if I was a... I'd want to make sure that it's not putting out of anybody out of a job. And from what it... from I didn't... You know, you described the uh, the publishing and the, the fact that people can can contribute to it. As long as all everything there is in is in place, yeah. then that's fine. Because it, because I know that people struggle enough, and certainly a you know a very good friend of ours who who does do um, this kind of stuff. Um, it, it, it's uh, unless you're you're a major composer, you you ain't going to be making huge amounts of money out of this. So if you're making that marketplace even more difficult for people for composers then that's not necessarily a good thing yeah i think so. that's maybe right no guys what do you think i mean it's very it's very <laughs> impressive it's very impressive technology i'm, I'm thinking this is going to be happening for more more you're uh you're, you're kind of <laughs> not happy death to it right death to it <laughs> yeah you know i mean come on it's a terrible it's a terrible thing i, I you know it is going to sound the same. They say, oh, you know, it's all fingerprinted or whatever, because one tune's going to go bloop, 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 bloop. And then your other version's going to go bloop, 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 bloop. Do well, that's I mean? true. It may be, yeah. And I just kind of, you know, I mean, yes, it's clever. Yes, it sounded very slick, very professional. But, you know, ultimately, I think it's a dreadful thing. And, yeah, the Musicians Union and other organizations should come down hard on it really because you know it it is going to put musicians out of work and it's just, just the sort of thing that it's just the sort of guys i thought it's just the sort of thing that musicians union would be keeping a very close eye on you think so there's, they get quite militant i mean with all due respect um that uh, they they do fight to make sure that they're the musician as we all as we know you know the cases where um um, yeah, the way they've stuck mu- up musicals, musicals in the West End have done have done mu- musicians out of um, paying jobs, uh, playing for orchestras, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so mm. I- if anybody is going to be um, hurt by this, um, I guess we'll, you'll hear about it, mm, which is good. But surely, Gaz, I mean, don't you think that people who who are going to be using library music are essentially browsing the libraries, and you know that the composers who compose that are very often composing generic stuff because that's what's requested you know they do happy up tempo blah 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 you know it's got that it's got the same process what's different well for a start something that makes me really angry is the way that sort of 
TV music or film music has just become so generic over the years. Uh, recently, we were working out some Jerry Anderson uh, theme tunes, you know, learning how to play them and, and just marveling at the just wonderful composition and just, you know, as Jerry Anderson, that's like kind of um, Stingray, uh, Captain Scarlet. Joe 90 actually was the tune, that, the theme tune that we were working on. Uh, fantastic. And I was just marveling at just how much creativity and the writing and how fantastic it was, you know. Uh, and like, Virtually everything you see these days, it is everything so generic. And I just see that this is just kind of jumping into that genericism. And it's just going to make even more boring, rubbish, bland music. Boo! Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's fair. But Mark, I feel that uh, you're, it's your time for you to contribute. I mean, I, I, I'm still on the fence on this. I'm not sure how I would, uh, how I would, I would view it. Because I, I think that maybe what it will do is, is actually create... There might be more work for musicians who are perhaps not full composers, but are happy to contribute parts that to it rather than compose, you know, library music. Because you have to have quite a big body of work in a library to start making money. I, as a contrarian, I feel that I should go against <laughs> everything that Dave and Gaz okay. have just said. Right, wow. and uh, and that my entire personality is to do that, but unfortunately. I can see a fatal flaw in it that nobody's really thought of. So I think I'm probably, I'm probably on on more on their side than not actually. And that, and what I notice about that is having composed music for let's film directors or producers before. Film directors or producers have very set ideas about the way they want something to sound, and I'm not convinced that that film director or producer looking over my shoulder going like no no i want that one i think we'll be there all day i think rather than it saving time and me just press type if i type in i mean everybody's idea of happy or sad or or dark or 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 detective or, or whatever is all completely different isn't it mm. i mean unless we can really homogenize things which hopefully we won't and 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 i agree with gaz i think there needs to be more expressivity in in art uh, and music um, but I, I, everyone has like this different, I, whenever I've worked with anyone doing music, you, you, you do what you think is going to be the right thing for that person. And you think, you know what they're going to want to hear. And it's, and inevitably it goes through several iterations before they're happy. And then they don't really get what they wanted to hear at the end. They still get some, you know, interpretation or whatever. And then, um, I, I just don't think it's going to deliver to, to meet the the producer and the director's expectations that's uh, unless somebody's just boshing something out really quick well unless um, the um, sorry go dave i was gonna say i mean they showed the the file and they showed the uh the, the instruments is there anything about exporting it can it be exported as a as a pro tools file or anything like that uh, i don't know I, I, no, I don't know it's that uh, there's no information it's only that, been launched a week yeah, well so it's not it's launched like yet there's no there's no information about pricing or anything that yet uh, i mean uh, one okay. of the but one of the things that well, ca- I, sorry go so I was going to say, yes, launched. It's actually just, I'm looking at it. It was only revealed last week at this um, Boston A3E, A3E yeah, event. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think the thing for me yeah. is, usually in a publishing deal or a royalty split, I don't know about uh, library, it may be different, but 50-50 is quite a high percentage to give away to the administrator. It's usually 70-30 or less, in my experience. So there must be an argument for, for the technology opening up more work because i know i mean i know several people who work in library music and they have to produce a lot you know they've been producing like a track a month or more or track a week for 10 years before they reach this critical mass where their tracks start to go out and people start to look for them as a particular composer so uh, uh, and and still the the other thing is also then directors are going to latch onto that but the other thing about this that i think may be flawed is that if the composer isn't doing it for you then the production staff are going to have to sort of sit there for however long they need to sit there to make the music that they think they want. Because, I mean, ultimately, you know, the director would probably, in most cases, love to be there and kind of going, no, you know, 
that bit left a bit, that bit right, could it be a bit faster, a bit more heavy on the base or whatever. They haven't got time to do it. So, you know, somebody's going to have to still type in the words and make things happy and get and, and, and get their hit points in the place that they want and then tweak and tweak. I mean, because the point is, I, 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 as you were saying about iterations, what happens when you go, yes, I'll have that, and then it goes through to the next kind of, you know, creative committee decision-making awful sort of monstrosity of a sort of the way that these things yeah. tend to work. And they go, no, can we just change that can you then go back exactly. to that fingerprint and go we need to tweak it because you're gonna I mean, you're maybe, gonna run out of fingerprints pretty damn quick aren't you i mean they might it depends whether they go we just want to tweak that element or if they go no 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 the mood of that's completely wrong i mean it's it, it's it's all so subjective yeah like it's gonna it's gonna be the production everybody's different idea of what it should be it's like um, you can't do that with english words they're not they're not I mean, the, what would the what would it, isn't accurate yeah. enough to? You know. What would it come up with if you put in, you know, West Midlands sort of um, benefit drug depression? <laughs> I'm not sure. Let's try it. Yeah, uh, that would be. A, I could, I could come up with something extremely accurate for that. Yeah. Uh, well, there, that's a fair. That's a fair point. I suppose the thing is, is I could come up with. I could come up with happy, <laughs> happy shoe-free Glastonbury hippie. Actually, I've got some music for that. But yes, I, I tell you, the semantics there aren't enough. There aren't enough semantics for it. I mean, I guess the other thing that's going to be an issue is what's probably going to happen is the secretary to the production assistant's cameraman's, you know, daughter is going to be the one who sits there and types it in and goes, "Dad, I've got this. Is this all right?" You know, it's going to remove the skill even further away and make it more generic. I think potentially. But it's a it's a very impressive it's a, to see in action. But it's maybe it's a sort of quick fix. If you, if you're, you know, if it's an extra tool in your toolkit, perhaps yeah. you're doing some rushes for a uh, an advert, or you're you're you've got a project, and uh, obviously we don't know the pricing of, of this no. of this uh, software, but if it's something that you want to get, and yes, you could go to a library and pull some music off the shelf, but that might be that might require you joining a library or even paying for that pleasure. Um, I don't know quite how those those work. You know whether you can just pull it up, pull something off, and without have access to the um, yeah. to the generic uh, to to the library tunes. But this, if you've got something and it and you and you need something, then it's it it could it could be a quick fix, couldn't it? Exactly. I mean, because what after often happens. Uh, uh is that they put a track they can't afford to license under it because they yeah. go, I like that, and then they go to a composer and go, yeah. I want it to be like this, but, like but not yeah. this. So maybe this exactly. is this yeah. would be a way of creating something that they like the sound of it. It won't be perfect. Can you now go and yeah? You know, uh, that that Dave is interesting. Sorry, what also tends to happen is they have that piece of music that they've chosen fixed in their mind. Oops, so sorry. as you're composing for them to com- create that piece of music that sounds like that thing that they've already cut the whole film to, yeah, any deviation from that <laughs> yeah. is like, oh, no, no, it should be more like this. And if you actually just recreated the song that they used, they'd be happy. That would be the happy point. Can be, yeah. Because they want it to sound like the thing they've now got fixed in their mind. Well, and also you get um, that situation where, you know, things happen sort of almost by accident to picture that imply things that perhaps they didn't mean in the first place but they get they they come to like it and they don't know why it's doing that or whatever but yeah we are well there's one final thing i also noticed that it said that the 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 composer is given a template and they're given like a a a template of keywords to compose to and then to write different aspects of the piece of music that they're writing to so it becomes the composer's interpretation so it's not even one person doing the interpretation so a hundred different people will have a hundred different interpretations of happy won't they so how's it going it just doesn't it doesn't quite well but that uh, but, you know, but that's got to be that's good because that's, that, that's that, got to that be a be, good thing now. yeah it would make more of a, an overall average of what the what yeah which lots may more lots more major chords than minor chords for instance <laughs> Uh, what they should have is let's have x factor uh closure emotional story ending bed (laughs) there'll be lots of that i'm imagining yeah the piano chords and then uplifting and yeah yeah. um i just wanted to share this with you i don't know if you heard this before but uh you're just talking i mean this is a a bit of a tangent but um the sorry that's a that's a right angle yeah um (laughs) the um 
you said about replacing uh, soundtracks and, and putting music on and then replacing it later. I was told by, if you go back to um, some of the early Vangelis albums, uh, there's, um, there's a track called Albedo 0.39, I'm sure you know it. Yeah. Very familiar. Yeah, and it's got it's it's got this twinkly twinkly Vangelis music, and it's got this voice reading out uh, all these facts about the Earth and about how reflective it and the albedo and all this kind of stuff. And it's uh, I think it's I can't remember what album it's off, but um, you know Pulsar or something like that, Pulsar I should say. Anyway, Keith Spencer Allen, who was a um, uh, Vangelis' sound engineer, he uh, he's been a writer around several magazines and. Um, but I met him last time I saw him was a few years ago. But when he was working on those albums, Vangelis would say, "Oh yeah, Keith, you read this bit out, and then I'll get an actor in to replace it later." And uh, he never did. So, <laughs> so Keith ended up saying all this stuff on this album, and Vangelis told him he was going to replace it, but he he had uh, he didn't uh, actually intend to do that at all. He just got Keith to do it. He didn't get a, he didn't get a session fee. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so oh, uh, yeah. it's just when you when you go back to uh, if you go back to those Vangelis albums, which I'm sure the readers of Sonic State do all the time. Sorry, not the readers, the watchers of Sonic State. Uh, you'll see uh, that the, uh, Keith gets a sound engineering credit, but it's actually his voice. Oh. Um, Shocking, shocking, so, he's shocking behaviour. Um, oh, he wasn't happy. There is call for a next topic, uh, which might each be a good idea. We'll bring the topic in just after we finish the, uh, uh, the message from our sponsors. So uh, I'm just going to um, tell you a little bit about RX4, and then also uh, we'll have the competition and the new and the winner of last week. So stand by. I've got to press this button, and the ad is supposed to play. That's what generally happens. There we go. Isotope. How could we live without it? The next generation of an industry standard, this is RX4. It's Emmy award-winning, don't you know? Uh, it's got a whole bunch of new workflow enhancements, new modules. Uh, basically, if you need to work with audio and you have to restore it or fix problems, this is what you need, basically. Clip gain, you can adjust the balance and volume for RMS of uh, instruments and new non-destructive editing feature. Dialogue denoiser is now available in the standard edition. RX Connect, which is a fantastic uh, uh, workflow enhancement, allows you to drag and drop things from, play, uh, from Pro Tools and other DAWs where you can't define an audio editor. Uh, really very useful. Audio professionals in post-production, music production, mastering. Uh, it also gives you, uh, in the advanced version, you get uh, additional time-saving features. You can reliably deliver great sounding results with new tools like the Leveler, EQ Match, and many more features. As with all of the Isotope products, you could get a 10-day free unlimited demo by visiting isotope.com forward slash rx4 we thoroughly recommend it and uh, if you haven't already checked it out we've got a presentation with matt hines who's the product specialist for isotope uh, showing us what it can do now, of course, you will probably want to know about the competition. So let's get straight to it. Uh, I want to first of all announce last week's winner. Uh, last week, I asked you to tweet. Well, this is what you have to do. You have to tweet a hashtag, which uh, well, last week was uh, EQ match. And the winner for that is somebody called Ibrahim AR. It's uh, the Twitter handle Ibrahimo underscore O. Uh, you'll know who you are, hopefully, and you just need to let me know, and uh, the Isotope Fairy will then come and bestow RX4 into your email account, and you can then basically have it for free, which is fantastic. And if you want to win one this week, we have the same competition. Uh, what you have to do is use Twitter. This is the only way we can do it, where we can uh, reliably pick a winner and have them actually respond. Uh, so you want to win Isotope RX4, you tweet the hashtag rxconnect so hashtag rxconnect and you send that to both at sonic nick and at isotope inc in fact if you basically tweet this part of this and add a comment because we like to read them it's very nice so i know the isotope people read them and they're always saying oh that was a really interesting one you know so so do let us know what you think of the show or what you think of isotope uh, but you need to include this text so rx connect and at sonic nick and at isotope inc and then we will pick a winner next week and hopefully uh, it could be you who knows? So um, let's go to. Uh, we can't. Let, what we'll do is we we'll, we'll quickly go to um, reason eight because reason eight is out this week and this has uh, got a video and I'm going to play it. Uh, new reason eight apparently is uh, rewritten from the ground up or certainly behind the That's scenes. There's a lot of rewritten code that guides us in every decision. It's all about the workflow and the ability to make music. It's a very glossy video than they ever have before. 
which I had to turn down so much, it's so maximised that it could, it's just there's no daylight in the waveform. And drives us to improve, so you can improve. For beat makers, I won't play the whole thing because uh, it's it is very markety. There's a new browser. There's lots of drag and drop and some new workflow enhancements. You've also got some new uh, bass amp, guitar amp plugins, and uh, it's just out directly to the scene. Now I don't know. I, I I don't use Reason, so I can't really speak from great experience. I mean, I know they've had a lot of uh, stuff. Gaz, I I think you put your hand up there, so you must be qualified to speak on the subject. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got it. I got it yesterday, so I've had um, I've had a good play round with it. And uh, I actually used to, when I used to lecture in a, a college many years back, actually, I used to teach it. Um, so I hadn't actually used it since um, I think maybe version four. So it was uh, it was a real pleasure coming to it and seeing just what a big reworking that they've done of it. It's got uh, it's got a beautiful. It's got a beautiful new interface. It's, I mean, <clears throat> when I run it on my laptop with the 17-inch screen, it always, it still has got that kind of cluttered feel that, you know, even though it's been, uh, you know, revised quite a lot. But when you put it onto bigger screens and move it all out, then I think that's where it really kind of uh, really, really, really good. But actually, to be honest, though, once I... Once I'd figured out a way of, of managing the windows uh, on my laptop, I, uh, I thought it was really good. But um, there, I tried the um, I tried the base amp. The, it's a soft tube base amp, right. and that was that was that was splendid. I thought it sounded really nice. It had a really nice uh, liveliness to it, which um, you know, which it was a real pleasurable playing through it. So I thought that was good. Uh, the um just the organization of it is very good i think it's um uh, you know it, it's always like a slightly schizophrenic thing the idea that the sequencer and the rack are these you know sort of separate elements yeah. really you know as a, as opposed to a maybe a, a more traditional daw where well and you also know, you because it it, it it integrates with record as well so you've got then got an even another component as well i mean do you do you think i mean because you know we're talking 130 bucks it is to upgrade we're still you know not got the uh, vst integration i'm not sure that we ever will because it's just their thing i suppose but i mean i've been looking at the comments you know certainly to the news item that we ran and people have been saying you know actually you know it's okay but it feels like a bit of a chunk of change for what doesn't fit even though it might have a lot of stuff happened underneath that they had to work hard to produce to the end user it doesn't feel like a huge leap forward in terms of uh, change but i mean I, as a user it's hard for me to a non-user it's hard for me to comment really yeah well I mean, there's such a lot there since I last used it. So again, that that would be a little bit difficult for me to comment on as well, really. But um, it, it it has got this very crisp, responsive feel to it, though. Okay. And I think I think one of the you know, and it, uh, the fact that they've always maintained their own uh, ecosystem, uh, I think it means it, it was always super stable before, wasn't it? And you, always, I always felt that uh, on the old older versions. Uh, that it, it, that you could run more stuff in real right, time and gotcha, yeah. low low latency uh, than than other things on, on running on the same uh, on the same computer system. So uh, I haven't really tried. I haven't really built anything pushed up it big. hard. Yeah. No, no. But I'm, I'm assu assuming that that's going to still be the case. I know, um, Dave. You know, when you have time between your uh, you know social engagements and an actual job. <laughs> Um, do you? Do you when, when is that, Nick? I don't know. And I'll, presumably, sometime between now and when the podcast ends, I'm not sure. Do you? Do you use? What do you use? I mean, are you familiar with Reason? Do you think they've done enough? I mean, it, no, I haven't. I, I last time I had to play with Reason, it be, uh, must be about Reason Three or something. Right, like that, I think. Um, and it always struck me, even back then, that it it was um, you had to sort of take a deep breath and roll up your sleeves and and, and get in to get to get the most of it. And just looking at the video and uh, just what you said, Gaz, it, 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 there's a certain sort of trepidation, a certain kind of fear of, uh, you know, I've got, um, I've got the codes for, for a, um, a copy of it. And um, 
I'm, I want to have a play, but I'm just wondering if I, uh, how many days I need to do that to, uh, <laughs> or, or, or where you know, once I once I've committed, I'm going to be disappearing into this sort of vortex <laughs> of uh, wiring different synths up, and and uh, ultimately a big uh, a big time zapper, which is what the studio, of course, is. Yeah, I suppose so. So, uh, so you know, I'm, I I I agree with you guys again. I think it's there's something quite sexy about. Propellerhead have done this as a company and kept their own identity and come out with a different take on the whole um, Cubase logic thing. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for a group of geeky blokes in... Um, in Stockholm, they've, uh, you know, they've I'm sure they'd well. be delighted to be referred. It's interesting. Well, I, wonder, I wonder if it's a Swedish thing. I mean, you know, I'm being massively generalising here, but, you know, you've got Electron who very much do their own thing and go, this is the way we do it. And if you're with us, then great. It's fantastic. Enjoy our, you know, our innovations within our um, our sort of unis- universe of the way we do stuff. And propellers are kind of doing the same sort of thing. I know, Mark, are you, you kind of, you're not a Reason user at the moment, I'm guessing. No, it looks quite interesting, uh, but it looks remarkably like one of my other digital audio workstations. Suddenly, <laughs> ah, and I'm not a huge fan of having things. I mean, it's taken me years and years and years to learn how to have things on linear timelines like tape because I don't really think like tape. I think of songs as being lots of different chunks that I put together. So I've sort of gotten into Ableton again now, and I'm quite enjoying that. Uh, and then wondering why on earth I tried to learn how to make things in long strips, like in Logic or Pro Tools with things like tape. Um, and then I've got in, into Reaper as well. Reaper's really good for, for when I do want to like uh, do edits of things and just overlap them, and uh, it just does all of the crossfades automatically, quite beautifully, in fact. So I don't know, I'm... I'm uh, maybe if there's a demo, I might download it and try it. But, um, you know, like Dave says, how much life have we got to learn all these different <laughs> yeah, things? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's something that well, works for me. Maybe it's, maybe it's for the, for the existing, to, sorry, guys. Well, to be fair to it, I mean, one of the, one of the new things is the way the, uh, the browser works yeah. with, and well, that's uh, really good. Yeah, and and also, yeah, it's a little bit like in Ableton Live, where you, uh, if you select, if you press the button, uh, I can't remember what it's called on Ableton Live now, then the presets that are pertinent to that become available, open up in the browser, and it's a, it's got yeah. like a similar function to that, and like if you insert something new, then you know the 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 the, the presets are immediately available. Uh, so in terms of just kind of quick. And easy access. I think it's it's definitely the most accessible reasons ever been. Um, I remember when I was teaching in the past, it was very confusing to people. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think they've definitely moved it in the right way. Yeah. Um, it still it is a bit be- small and fiddly in places, though. And I still think that's maybe its weak point for me. I mean, when I when I used it, which was a long time ago now, probably version two maybe god first and two yeah um if you knew how to use a studio and you understood how things got patched together then you were you were in the right frame of mind for using it but for somebody that has never used like if you've got a young lad or lass coming at it new fresh as a computer technology person who'd never ever been in a studio or used the studios and you, you sort of somehow yeah. needed to learn. You needed to learn some of that stuff before you could use it. Whereas um, it, it did look very. I mean, it looks pretty now, doesn't it? There's lots of like really nice graphics in there, and watching people just drag stuff onto the timeline and do stuff looked yeah uh, a lot. You know, made the thing look a lot easier to use. It's interesting. Though. In, in sorry, a, in a way. Sorry. Go. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, in a way, Mark. You know, um, is without. Um, uh, how to put this? Uh, it's not that propellers are being in any way fascist by limiting people from doing it if they don't have some chops about how to uh, how to use a studio. But in, in a way, perhaps it's quite nice that they have a technology or they developed an approach to the software that requires you to to exercise your brain and to and to uh, to, to know a little bit how how traditional studios work so that you are plugging this into that and all that kind of thing, rather than just expecting the software. To, to do it for you yeah. and 
therefore a whole uh, a whole knowledge bank, um, a whole sort of set of experiences is is lost. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, maybe. maybe that's I'm, that's, well, that's very philanthropic of them. I suppose you could go. You could go the other way, couldn't you? You could use propellers reason for a while and then go you know what i want to do this in the real world now and then you you yeah. go and create a studio and do it with real patch cords whoa <laughs> <laughs> sorry for my over enthusiasm about real patch cords no especially I, I, i'm a big <laughs> fan of a lot with lots of uh <laughs> i'm a big fan <laughs> of patch cords uh particularly with modular. Um, well if you're interested, it's available now, and it's well worth checking out because, I mean, as with all of these DAWs, they get to a certain level where they, they you know, are pretty much going to do everything you want. It's just a question of whether or not it's a familiar workflow. And, you know, uh, uh, some people have said that perhaps this release is more of a stepping stone to whatever the next big change in the reason workflow is or whatever else that they're doing but uh, they've done a lot of other stuff behind the scenes obviously they've got the rack extensions and opened that up to third parties which is their answer to the vsts and created a marketplace and you know that's all kind of pretty good stuff but i suggest we should move go. sorry i think i think that they need to build this in server cell. A full authentic experience <laughs> you need to have this somewhere on a button and you just like kind of click t- t- and it cleans the patch bay, yeah, stops it cracking. Cleans some of the cords, yeah. The screen like wipe. <laughs> authentic uh, uh, crackle. That's right, what a good time, idea. Yeah. Right, okay, what's next? Um, this was the, yes, this is interesting because uh, at the weekend I went to this. Uh, so this is uh, Billy, Billy Elliot Live screening top UK cinema box office. This is the sort of new track. Well, it's not that new, but it's becoming much more uh, uh, happening, more more regular in terms of happenings so you know big show in london um they'll stream it live to i mean hundreds of cinemas and get like up to sort of 10 15 quid a ticket for the privilege and i went to watch this because my daughter's into dance and we thought we'd go and see billy elliot in fact if you are going to take a small child um make sure they're not too small because it's actually very filth potty mouthed as a as a performance (laughs) and there are some moments in there where i saw there were sort of uh, grandparents with their young children looking and thinking Mm, uh, and particularly the songs about uh, wishing Maggie Thatcher was dead, I think probably didn't chime perhaps with the political alignment of some of the audience. But that uh, that that aside, it's an incredibly fascinating thing. I mean, it's, it seems to have rejuvenated I mean, the whole notion of watching a live event but being streamed. The thing about the theatre is when you're there, there's a, a sense of being around something. If this had just been televised, it would have been a very different um experience it's quite it's a very interesting thing i mean i really really enjoyed it i was fully expecting to fall asleep because it's not you know dance isn't really my core interest but uh it's actually not uh, dave you know a little bit about this because i was really curious about the technology because they they really are starting to push out the productions are amazing uh well well actually i don't know i don't know an awful lot about the, te- the technology other than they're taking a feed and um Presumably, uh, it's some uh, you know there's an uplink to a satellite and it's beamed, uh, and then there's a there's a uh, receiver in in the cinema and off it goes. But um, I've I've been to a couple of of these now. I've seen um, I saw Monty Python. So on the twentieth of July, I think it was, I was at the um, the Picture House in Cla- um, Clapham, and I saw the. Uh, the, the performance that was the final performance, which I know was I think was available on UK Gold as well. So if you if you had the right um, subscription package, you could watch it at home. But seeing it in the cinema was um, was a very good experience. But but more so, uh, there is a company um, now. Um, let me get the name right. Um, I think they're called Screen Sound. Um, let me just have a look. If I got that, if while I got you do that, that right. I'll just brought to your attention Grid Sleep in the chat room. It says, like the difference between watching this now, this being the podcast now, and watching it tomorrow when it's been uploaded to YouTube. There is an aspect of real timeness to uh, to the way that these things happen. Uh, but the technology is astonishing. I mean, these are sort of hugely scripted. I mean, it's a full production. And that, because, as we've seen in the past with sort of stuff like uh, Glastonbury, you know, the BBC are, f- are fantastically good at generating this kind of excitement from an event and conveying it through the small screen. And that's something that, when it's happening in real time, definitely has a, a certain extra element of it that's almost intangible. Have you discovered your information, Dave? Um no, but I will do. Uh, anyway, I think it's silver screen, screen sound, something like that. But anyway, um, this is uh, – so I saw a performance last uh, November, and it was Keen. It was Keen playing in a theatre 
in Germany, a sort of 300 capacity theatre. And uh, that was broadcast uh, to around 250 cinemas worldwide. Wow. Um, a, cert- a certain number in the UK and um, certain, certain, uh, it seems certain territories were more, um, uh, more, more receptive of it than others for whatever reason, presumably licensing or whatever. So, so they had some in South America um, and I think some in Europe. But where I saw it was um, at the Trocadero View Cinema. So it was only sort of 150 people, but uh, it was the gig. And the way it was mixed, it was, it was broadcast in surround. So you really felt you were there watching a performance of Keen live, even though you were sat in the cinema. And I know there have been a few of these, and this whole D-cinema, digital cinema thing. David Bowie sort of pioneered some of this uh, about 10 years ago. So this kind of simultaneous broadcast to, to, um, uh, to cinemas of pr- productions has been going on for a while. Certainly the National Theatre uh, have done it many times. They're NT Live, it's called. Uh, and they've done um, Frankenstein and um, War Horse. And a lot of big productions um, have been have been broadcast live. So it, it's, um, it's, a, it's a great way of getting to the theatre without actually getting, go, yeah. you know, you'd never, get, you'd never get tickets for the national perhaps, but you can get tickets for your local cinema that are showing this production. Um, and it, it's, uh, it's been very successful in that, uh, in that degree. Yeah, it's, it seems like a big money earner, isn't it? It's definitely... We, yeah, well, and again, it's, it's a way of bringing uh, something to, to a lot more people for them to enjoy. What was interesting about the Keen gig was that you would never be able to get... I would never be able to get into that gig. 300 people in Germany, that particular gig. And, and um, you felt like you were watching a DVD, but then they messed up. They messed up a track. Just he said something like, "Oh, we're the dream team," and uh, they they did a song with just the, the keyboard player and the and the singer. And then he said, "Let's get the dream team back together." And they had the uh, the, the drummer join in, and the drummer messed up something like that, and they had to start the track again. And that was when you realised it really was live, you know, because that wouldn't have been on the DVD edit if you see what I mean. Yeah. So anyway, we watched this. We watched this performance. Um, I think in some respects. Live gigs like that for theatre, what we found was it wasn't rock and roll enough. You know, there wasn't a lot, there wasn't a bass end. Uh, when the crowds were cheering, you felt like you were you were um, being immersed in it. But generally, the sound needs more more rock and roll. Right. But the, the 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 interesting the interesting thing I felt afterwards was that um, a couple of weeks later, I was uh, I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, uh, I've, uh, that what was that Keen gig I went to, and then I realised. It wasn't you hadn't a gig been, that yeah. I'd been to. I'd just been watching it in the theatre. But it was it was convincing enough to me that it felt like the gig. And um, this this company, as I said, Silver Screen Screen Sound. I'll, I'll get uh, I'll get a slap from not remembering the name, but but um, it, it's uh, it's a really good idea, and I hope they get to do more of it. Yeah, because it, it's a it's a way of bringing that uh, that live sense to to a wider audience. It definitely works. I mean, the thing that for me, Gaz, is what I realised is those those kind of london stage productions are just really bloody good i mean the 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 quality and the that the, there's even though some of it you know i mean it's the music by elton john or whatever you know it has cheesy moments and it's sort of there's some cheesy emotions there but being there in the moment you know it really affected me much more emotionally than it perhaps it would if i was just watching a film have you ever seen this sort of stuff well, I went to the Monty Python thing at the O2 a few few weeks ago, and I thought it was absolutely dreadful. I hated it. It made me really angry, and I had exactly the opposite experience. I'd have much preferred to watch that at home. <laughs> <laughs> what was so um, bad about it? Oh well, it just it was bad in every way. I thought. I thought that the um, it was I really unfair. Oh, oh, I'm a big fan, and I'm not anymore. I also felt we'd been fleeced in every way, you know, just from the cost of the park into them selling programs for 20 quid. You know, everything just seemed... And then they were making jokes on stage about doing, oh, we're only doing this for the money. And I just thought, yeah, you damn right. Yes, totally true. So but they've they you made know, that quite clear from the... I mean, maybe this is not yeah, the place, but they made it quite clear <laughs> they were doing it for the money they, because of John John Cleese has got to pay um, all this um, money to his ex-wife. I mean, they've been yeah, quite uh, I public sold them about as, 
I just saw them as a bunch of rich blokes just making loads more money. I actually felt it was awful. I thought that the I thought it was stullifying some of the dance the song and dance routines. I was mortified. I think I laughed once in the whole oh dear. thing. You were in an yeah. even worse mood there uh, that day than perhaps you have been on other days, guys. I don't know. <laughs> but do, do, I, I mean, generally, generally speaking, I, what do you think of yeah. the notion of it? I mean, the, for musical habits, because you were in Papaya, weren't you? Which you know they only did one or two. They did a very small amount of performances in a beautiful theatre in in France. I mean, if they'd streamed that, that that sort of thing would work really well, presumably. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I I do like the idea. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I was ranting, and uh, I generally, when I go to things, enjoy them very much. So it is a bit unusual. Um, I, I go into the uh, War of the Worlds thing as well. Uh, I think it's. They're retiring the show now, aren't they? The War of the Worlds. So I'm going to go and see them on the. Uh, so I'm going to be quite interested. Uh, now I think that one's being broadcast in cinemas as well, isn't it? Um, so Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, uh, or well, I think it maybe has already, perhaps. But um, so uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Um, I, again, making things accessible, making things. Um, s- maybe more affordable perhaps i mean you know if you live out in the sticks you know a trip up to london as well as the price of the ticket for the show the trip up to london and the accommodation and all the associated costs does does make it very expensive doesn't it yeah. um all that london eh? well i'm going up there I'm, I'm actually leaving i'm doing this on friday i'm going up to see the uh, charlie and the chocolate factory experience um on Friday night, just you know, so that's going to be something I'm going to do. But I, I think hold I, on a Charlie and Chocolate Factory experience, or are you going to see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I'm going to see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's not the same. Oh, right. Uh, but I okay. mean, the th- the, thing, the thing that very, interests very me about this is the notion of you know, let's transfer it to musical happenings, bands like you've had, Dave. I mean, Mark, do you? I mean, you know, I don't know how you feel about going to see live music gigs or whatever. I mean, is this something that you could substitute? Would you feel? Kind of like it's it, it's an event that you would do, and what would you like to see from something like that? Because I mean, they enhanced the Billy Elliot thing with a little bit of preamble and sort of you know chit chat and an interview with the main star and a bit of like this is what's going to happen, and it did personalise it to a degree. Um. Okay, so I'm going to answer your question by going off on a tangent. Ah, okay, that's all right. <laughs> Last night at dog training, when I was at dog training. <laughs> The woman who helps us train our dog said, you need to teach dogs in chains. And if the dog isn't getting it, then you need to go back a few steps and you need to teach. So you teach various different actions and then you chain them together to make a thing, okay, that happens, okay? So the reason I'm thinking about that is because I'm thinking about how you stream a virtual reality experience to somebody's home so that you put on an event and then they're in that virtual reality. People aren't subscribing to that at the moment because it's too weird, right? It's too kind of out there to sit down with a virtual headset on and then be in a performance. Or And then there's the Second Life thing where um, Duran Duran did concerts in the real world and then they streamed them into Second Life and a few people kind of got into it but it, it didn't really kind of balloon in the way that they hoped it would. Now, if you think that if we take it back a few steps and get people used to the idea of going out, going to the cinema and sitting and watching this on a big screen, but then they're watching this other performance, so they get some of the elements of being there, maybe this is like the media machine or the entertainment machine or whatever, you know, t- teaching us to accept that that's an acceptable form of going to see a live event and then eventually we'll chain enough steps together that we will get to the point where we put a headset on and then we go out for the evening. Okay. So that's where I think it could go. Um, it's 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 the interesting notion of, of of something that's actually happening. You know, it's put a together. good use for theatres. Yeah, uh, it's a good use for theatres. It's a good use for cinemas because nobody really seems to want to go to the cinema anymore. They're always empty. Um, although I say that they're usually empty on Saturday morning, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> a huge sweeping generalisation for something I've experienced in a very small snapshot of time. But um, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean. Um, 
Okay. Uh, uh, Dave, I, I just got an email from Dave saying he has to go at 5pm, which is round about oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> in two minutes. In two yeah. minutes. I thought I'd be subtle. So, uh, well, that's all I mean, right. I think, I think, I, I think the one well, thing the one I, thing I did want in, to say. Hold on a sec. Um, do you, you've got limited time, Dave. So we've just got to you. So, and then, yeah, I, just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to share this with you. One of the, uh, the, 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 the third type of um, broad, the, the, the third type of uh, experience like this, which is slightly different, but was the, was an occasional, uh, is, is a, a coordinated cinema um, release. So I went to when uh, I went to the Chemical Brothers screening of Don't Think, which was screened across London, and it was only there's a one screening on one night, and it was so it was effectively like going to the theatre, like going to a special event, but you went to the cinema. Right. Okay. And uh, that was I thought was a nice idea. What was particularly brilliant about it was that you're watching a concert film, and and because it's only there for one night. Uh, you, it, it feels like you're going to the gig, but uh, what was brilliant? But it wasn't about actually it, real time. Uh, no, but the screening only happened there... at one point, ah, okay. and it was all that was all screened at the same time throughout the UK and I, I, maybe in Europe as well. But um, there was only one point where you could go and see this film being screened in the cinema, uh, and it was all on you know one particular Friday night at seven thirty. Um, but what was brilliant there... is that. Oh. Um, that the cinema was transformed into a nightclub. There were people dancing in the aisles, and uh, it was all very, very bizarre. And nobody, uh, by the end of it, people just weren't sitting in the seats anymore. They were just up and dancing in the aisles. And oh, health and um, safety must yeah, have had a nightmare. I, well, it was Duran, just. Duran, uh, um, I Duran, Duran, like it. I've got to say that Duran Duran did exactly this about three weeks ago i think they had they did a right. film with david lynch which was a live concert which they screened in cinemas all over uh, america and europe and it happened at the same right. time for everyone and there's a certain yeah. solidarity in the fan base that all know that they're all doing the same thing at the same That's time right. all going to this concert together mm. so that it's kind of cool i suppose yeah I guess it's a nice so. idea yeah okay well i think dave you probably uh, this is my I'm time to say to go, yeah and i just noticed my do you know all this uh, all this technology and stuff all this technology is to me your uh, your uh, multi-screen um uh, uh, Skype interface. It doesn't half eat, eat the battery. I tell you, ah. <laughs> on my <laughs> on my laptop, I've just noticed. Oh, I've you're not been, plugged I've in. Just gone into the red. Oh dear. No, I'm not plugged in. It's been uh, it's been munching it away. I can tell you. Well, that. that's Skype. Anyway. That's Skype for anyway. Dave Robinson, ProSign News Europe, or PSN E uh, PS, yeah. PSN Europe. There we go. Thank mm. you very much for joining us. We'll see you like again uh, next time. Next time, I'd like to sh- be able to show you my uh, my USB collection. <laughs> oh that's the beautiful. shark for instance i love it i've got some Ooh. of them i've got some but they're not to hand at the moment all right thanks very much okay, Dave. Uh, see you next time cheers Bye. thank you very much so just on the cinema so, tip nick i just came back from sheffield sorry mark uh I, we did a performance at the weekend uh of the uh endless summer with the rumblers again doing a live soundtrack so so that's almost like a the other side of things, really, you know, doing a gig and a film at the Adding same a live time. element to it, right. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was really, you know, great fun. Um, and it feels, you know, it feels really exciting. And, I, 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 you know, I think that, you know, so that, that whole kind of cinema environment, I think, is very conducive to, um, to musical events. There's a place in, in Bristol called The Cube. Have you ever been to The Cube? I haven't. I've heard about it, though, yeah. Yeah, it's superb. I mean, it's a cinema, but they do gigs and they put they put gigs on on the stage there, and and just the fact that the audience is sat in that sort of um, oh, that, that's you risky. Know. Can you imagine the drummer falling off the back there and ripping the silk of the uh, of the screen? God, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> but yes, but it's this. It's just, um, you know, it's just a, it's a very conducive space, I think, the cinema or, or theatres for, for the enjoyment of music. Yes, you know? I'm certainly up. So, d- Mark, you wanted to come in. Sorry to uh, cut you off there. but I was just going to say, I think one important point that uh, Dave made is about having exclusive, I think it was Dave that made it, the, the idea that you can have an exclusive concert, like a small concert where you're in a tiny little venue where not very many people could attend something. And then it gets screened out to big screens, kind of all over, yeah, the rest of the place, and and everybody so can share people- the experience. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That is no, I think that's a very valid point, and something that uh, yeah, when we've done live so shows, theoret- I mean, theoretically, you could get like a huge act 
playing on tiny stage, yeah. I don't know, whiskey a go go or something. And well, that's uh, what I do. I, if I owned a venue like that, I'd be doing exactly that. In fact, that's what I want to yeah, do right, here thanks. if I could, you know. But yeah. uh, we're not quite set up for that just yet. But um, one last thing um, before we go, uh, that I wanted to talk about um, this. Oh, not that. That's this one. Uh, the finally that uh, Yuhi have released Bazil, which is their latest kind of uh, monster software synthesizer that's been in production for a very long time. Nice demo track, I must say. All sorts of stuff it has on offer. Four digital oscillators, four multimold filters, modelled effects, two LFOs, four radiuses. I don't know if anybody uses the Yuhi stuff, but they seem to be one of the co- those companies that just have helped push the envelope of what's possible with synthesizers and also not just making emulations not not there's anything wrong with emulations but they're doing their own thing and sort of coming up with other stuff and i just wondered uh, mark have you have come across any of their stuff i mean do, this looks kind of cool it's only 89 bucks as well which seems a, a, a um, special offer they did diva Ze- obviously zebra oh zebra yeah i've used zebra um, that sounded really good, that synth, actually, whatever that is. I mean, the, it's uh, it's not analogue, is it? It's digital, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, it's software. It's totally it's software. It's not, it's not analogue modelled. No, I think the filters are analogue modelled, but the, the, um, the, the rest is all kind of its own thing. Well, the sounds were really good. Yeah. So I think I need to go and check it out in more depth. I mean, these things come along and then you sort of try them out and you think, oh, this is quite good, and then you end up using the things you've always used. Uh, and then sort of forgetting that you've got that thing. I, I know suppose. what you mean, and yes, then, I know what you mean. And now uh, looking at his website, his, his, it's Howard, isn't it? No, Howard, Howard, Scar? Howard Scar does a lot of the sound. Use, he's a Zebra, Zebra user and I think a Diva user as well. And he's uh, he's the guy who works with Hans Zimmer and, and has used a lot oh, of UHU okay. products. But yeah, I, I, he may well have worked on sound design for this. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard anything. Um, but yeah, it looks really nice. Gaz, what do you think? Oh, it sounds ace, doesn't it? The sound is just so... It's kind of got that nice rip about it that makes it... Yeah, like, just... just You sit up and go, wow. Um, I've been, I haven't downloaded it yet. I've been reading about it. And, uh, I mean, it's a little... Well, it's got that aspect a little bit like Reason, in a way, hasn't it? With a sort of graphic Patching, patch yeah, you've got that, you've, you've, Exactly, you've got the, uh, the, the ability to to virtually patch virtual modular which i like the idea of, which kind of gave me the mm. idea actually what we need you know because we've it'd be good to have that going on but you could just output you know you would have some sort of interface that just outputs control voltages and you just plug it you know so you build all of these complex modulations and then feed them into your actual modular as well i want i want i want to see that please excellent yeah <laughs> and actually that should be possible with those motor interfaces shouldn't it don't they yeah they spit voltages and gates and things out don't absolutely. they so- well no expert sleepers do it absolutely but i was thinking in terms of actually more of a, a bazeal like interface with with patch cords yeah, modules. So, yeah with modules. modules yeah. yeah it would be really cool uh, I'm, be I'm being I'm being schooled now. That's called Max for Live, Nick, etc., etc. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, there are yeah, ways, but um, I, I think there's probably you have to a have missing a brain the size of a small planet to work that out, though, oh, don't you? Gaz just went. What happened to Gaz? He just he dropped off the world. I wonder if his um, if his uh, battery isn't ran out. Max, isn't, there's another version of Max for Live imminent, isn't there? Just about to come out. Uh, sort of semi announced something the other day didn't they i'm not sure did they i'm just trying to get gaz back he went oh, i don't know what happened there gaz you vanished there we go i think we're on max for live six aren't we and i read something about max for live seven was uh or maybe just max seven is imminent and i know i need to get into it i need to uh, but it's interesting it's like you know it's like dave and we were talking about you know is there time it's just time to learn more stuff and new things but uh, yeah anyway sorry gaz you went I, I think you were about to say something but i i may not you may not have been and you have got no audio your audio's gone can't hear you doctor it's not me this time i'm sure oh no i can't hear him 
Oh, no. We can look at him, but we can't hear him. Anyway, well, look, maybe this is a good time to uh, to consider uh, stopping the show, <laughs> bringing it to an end. But yeah, Yuhi Brazil uh, is uh, is out now. It's been there for, you know, it's been a, a, quite a while in, in the making. And I know Urs Heckman, who is the main guy, is really is kind of very impressive in the way that he tackles these things. And I, I'm certainly going to try and get hold of one for review. It looks very interesting. Um, so u-he.com. Still got no uh, Gaz audio. He's uh, he's dropped out. But anyway, we'll, what we'll do is we'll say, Mark, I want to say thank you very much for joining us. Uh, very much appreciated uh, to have your input as ever. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. You're very welcome. Always enjoy it. And uh, yeah. Okay, Keep super. Keep inviting me back. Excellent. And thank I would, I would um, say goodbye to Gaz. But Gaz seems to be uh, seems to have gone. Um, so what I will do is, on his behalf, say to Gaz Williams, thank you very much. Oh no, he's coming back. Is Gaz coming? Back? <laughs> ah, there he is. We got him. Sorry, Gaz, you you just you just yeah. dropped off. You had a crash of some kind. But we were just ah. doing the goodbyes. So I will I will uh, just make you full screen and then um, then you can go. <laughs> Push! That's it. That's right. right. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I don't know what happened then. Uh, don't know what happened. It's just one of those things, isn't it? Skype just dropped off. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, okay. So we're saying goodbye, so we. Yeah, we are. Well, I, I was just saying that you know we can get the Yuhi stuff. You can download it from uh, mm. from Yuhi dot com, and you know the chat room is full of people saying how much they rate a lot of the other uh, Yuhi synthesizers. So definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I think I might have to go and buy it now. Actually, <laughs> oh, there he goes. Uh, meanwhile, here um, I've, I've uh, just to just to fill you in what's coming up on Sonic State. Obviously, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Really makes a lot of sense. Uh, we've got I've got some Boom Stars here, which sound absolutely amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. And I've just reviewed the Dave Smith Instruments um, Curtis Filter, which also sounds jolly nice. So we'll say uh, goodbye, Gaz. Thank you very much for joining us. Yep. And don't forget to watch the video, the Cubase timing video. Even if you don't use Cubase, I think it's an interesting it's one to watch. It's very interesting. Yes, very interesting. And also, we'll say <laughs> thank you to Mark Tinley as well. Again. Done that <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, we have. Well, anyway, I'm just doing it again. I always used to what, get confused when you said goodbye to me. And now you're just... <laughs> and now I'm messing with your head. <laughs> anyway, yeah. well, thanks. Thanks, everybody. And uh, yes, do check out the Cubase stuff. And also, thanks very much to our show sponsors. Don't forget, you can uh, join the competition if you want to win a copy of RX4. You just need to tweet out RXConnect as the hashtag to at Sonic Nick and at Isotope Inc. And include a comment as well, because we do like to uh, have your input. It always, uh, rather than just reading a load of hashtags, nice to have a bit of extra stuff. So thank you very much, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time. That's it for this week.